Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good to see you here. Good to see everybody online. Uh, yeah, at the movies is a fun thing we've been doing for a few summers now. Uh, hopefully you've been exposed to maybe some movies you haven't uh, or wouldn't have gone to go see. Uh, I noticed a little pattern here this week that I'm really not too happy with, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I was just going to do a recap, you know, this, we talked about this, we talked about that, and it dawned on me, Pastor Jeremy, he's preached on a Top Gun Maverick, which is probably the best movie of the year, right? Shoot him up, blow him up. Jurassic World, like eat him up. And next week, you're going Batman. I am Batman, right? Beat him up, right? action, the most action, exciting, packed movies of the whole blockbuster summer movies. And I thought, well, what's, what are the movies I've done? A dog is a tearjerker. A soldier committed suicide and his dog's going to the funeral. Ugh. Last time I talked about Come From Away. Remember those poor travelers on 9-11? And oh, and today the movie is Coda, another drama, another tug at your heartstrings drama. And I thought, why, why does he get all the fun ones and I get all the sad ones? I got to talk to my agent, figure out <laughs> better movies. But actually, I think it might be that between the two of us, I'm more in touch with my sensitive side. Than <laughs> I think maybe you're a little gruff. But anyway, today is a good movie, though. I will say uh, Coda, if you haven't seen it, uh, it premiered at uh, last year at the Sundance Film Festival, where it won more awards than any movie ever at Sundance. It absolutely captivated the audiences. So much so that a bidding war ensued between Netflix, Amazon, and Apple for who would have the rights to distribute it here. And Apple won, paying a record-breaking $25 million for the rights to it. It uh, later went to the Academy Awards, where it won every category it was nominated for, including Best Picture, uh, Best Picture of the Year. So uh, Apple does have a stranglehold on it. You do need Apple TV to, to watch it, but uh, maybe there's another way to rent it somewhere or find it on the Internet. I don't know anything about that. But what is CODA? CODA is an acronym, and it stands for Child of Deaf Adults. Child of Deaf adults. So uh, the lead actress, uh, Ruby, she is the daughter in the movie, and she is the only person in her family with hearing. See, her mom and her dad and her brother were all born deaf. And so she lives in this very different world than her classmates. And let me just give you a, a little peek at the movie, a little trailer. So you can see R Ruby is a very important part of her, her family. Uh, she is the, the go-between. She's the family's interpreter, the family's translator. Uh, she is their mediator uh, between uh, their family business, which is a fishing, uh, fishing business in uh, Massachusetts, and again, the hearing world. And her family's very, very shy, very uh, scared to interact with uh, whether it's customers at the fish market or even uh, you know professional you know their peers on the fishing boats, and so she's just this integral part. But she's also a teenager, and she also has this incredible gift 
of singing. And her high school music teacher realizes this and starts pouring into her, giving her private lessons so that she can go to a very prestigious school, uh, Berkeley School of Music in Boston. And she has this incredible tension that she lives with between these two worlds. Well, I won't give away the ending. It's a good movie. Ruby is the mediator for her family. It's such an important role that her family needs. Well, that brings us right into the first scripture reading we had today, where we're told that there is one God and there is one mediator between God and humankind. And who is that mediator? Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. And this word mediator, it's only used maybe seven times in the New Testament, but it's a, especially here, it's a strong, active role. It's, it's, not, it's not like a representative or an ambassador or even a, an attorney, a, a counselor. Uh, a mediator is someone who comes into the midst of two parties who are at odds. They are at war. They are opposite ends of the spectrum. And somebody has to come in and make peace. Somebody has to come in and bridge the gap between these two opposing worldviews, even. And who is that? It's the mediator. The mediator bridges that gap. Now, in Coda, why was Ruby the perfect mediator for her family? And it's because Ruby embodied both natures of the parties involved. I'll say it again. She embodied both natures of the parties involved. She, yes, yeah, she knew sign language, but she lived in the culture of the deaf world. She ate with them. She worked with them. They were her flesh and blood through experience. She understood their culture, their perspective. She also went to school. She also sang in the choir. So she also, through experience, understood the culture and the perspective of the hearing world. She embodied both of those cultures, both of those perspectives in herself. And so she was. She was this perfect mediator between the two. So why would God tell us today in the, in the scriptures that Jesus is the one and only, the perfect mediator between God and mankind. It's because Jesus embodied the natures, the two natures of the two opposing cultures and world's views, the two parties that are involved. He embodied those, both of those natures. There was a, a very renowned doctor, he's an exceptional doctor, uh, very renowned, very highly sought after, uh, speaking and, and teaching even. 
And somebody asked him once, what was the one thing that made you such an excellent doctor? And he replied, well, it happened when I became a patient myself. That makes sense, doesn't it? When he could truly empathize with the people that he's caring for. And that's what Jesus has done for us when he comes into our culture and our world to be able to truly empathize. Isn't that what we all want? I just want somebody to understand me. Know why I'm hurting. Know what I'm facing, what I'm going through or struggling with. It's empathy. Jesus embodies both this divine perspective and this human perspective. Let's look at the divine perspective. And I can't think of a better chapter in the whole Bible, John chapter 1. It starts off, in the beginning. Now, if you know anything, if you remember anything in Sunday school, in the beginning, when you hear in the beginning, what, what calls to mind there? Genesis 1, it's in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Right, it's the very first verse. And John knew this. This is not an accident, right? He is purposely calling this to our mind. In the beginning was the Word. Wait, in the beginning God created the heavens and earth, and so it was also the Word was there. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The Word of God, the Word made flesh, Jesus. When God spoke, light was created. When God spoke, the waters separated. God spoke and the land rose from the sea. God spoke and life sprang into existence. And God spoke and human beings were formed. And the Word that went out and spoke was that Word that Jesus Christ, there at the very beginning. And the very next verse, verse three, says, through him, the word, through Jesus, all things were made. Now, this doesn't perhaps sound shocking to you, but be assured, Jewish readers in the first century were scandalized by this statement. There is one God, and there is no other, and there's nothing like God. As a matter of fact, God is up here and pretty much defined as the creator. Who is God? He's the one who made everything, the universe, everything, visible and invisible. And then there's everything else that exists, all of creation, the creator, and then there's creatures and they are not the same. And John is starting off his gospel, his, his story about Jesus, what, who he is and what he did with these words. He's not just the man that you heard preach a good sermon. He's not just the man you saw heal somebody. He's not even just the man you saw die on a cross or rise from the dead or ascend into heaven like Moses or Elijah or Enoch. He is the creator. He is up here in this category, he's in this world, the maker of heaven and earth. Everything was made through him, and not one thing that was made was made without him. Wow, Jesus is truly God. 
like by definition, by being the creator. I wonder how often do we think of Jesus as truly God? Let me, let me ask the question again with a different emphasis. How often do you think of Jesus as God? Right? Because we, we emphasize the humanity of Jesus because we get a lot of comfort. There's a lot of comfort in the humanity of Jesus. And sometimes maybe we forget or we overlook that he is God. And as God, he has a divine distaste for sin. He has a zeal for holiness in our lives. He aches, even gets angry at injustice, at oppression. And he is coming back to judge the living and the dead everybody. He's going to be the judge over all people. I don't say that we're not supposed to, to be afraid of Jesus, but you know, he is due some respect, some awe, some reverence. Jesus is not just some cool guy or a nice man or a good teacher. He is God. And we reverence him for that. Now, there is some comfort uh, with Jesus being truly God. You may ask, well, what is that? Well, I'll tell you an old story. This goes back to when Arizona was just a territory. Uh, it's the old story that goes, a man uh, was arrested for being a horse thief. He was brought before the judge. And the judge said, how do you plead? And the accused said, not guilty, of course. And the judge said, okay, we'll move from arraignment to trial. Uh, would you like a trial by judge or a trial by a jury of your peers? And the accused was a, a simple man. And so he said, jury of my peers, what, what is a peer? And the judge explained, well, a peer is uh, someone just like you. And the accused shot back, oh no, I don't wanna be judged by a bunch of horse thieves. Yeah, uh, he wanted to be judged by somebody different than himself. <laughs> I do too. Right? I don't want my eternity hanging in the balance of a, a human. <laughs> uh, this great comfort in knowing that God holds everything in the palm of his hand and I can't be plucked out of his hand. There's great comfort. There's also awe and reverence. So from the very beginning of creation to salvation to the end of the world, Jesus is God. He was, is, and always will be God. He has that divine perspective, but he also has a human perspective. And that, that is where we find this great comfort, knowing that he has walked in our shoes. He has lived in this world he has suffered, he was tempted, he uh, had uh, loss and, and grief in his life. He knows, he knows what we experience, right? Through experience, right? He has this human perspective. And then later on in John chapter one, we're talking about the word was with God, the word made everything. And then in verse 14, he says, then the word became flesh 
flesh and blood, our own flesh and blood. And then he made his dwelling among us. Now that's, that's really deep. It goes way back to the Old Testament when God built a tabernacle for uh, the people of Israel so that God would dwell in the tabernacle and be present with his, God has always yearned to be present with his people. If only sin had not separated us. And so this word dwell is actually the same word tabernacle. So it, it's God is tabernacling with us in Jesus Christ. It is truly God, truly present in the flesh and blood in, in our physical world and time and space uh, to never leave us, and to never be far away, to be near. Through the whole journey of life as Israel marched through the wilderness and we march through this wilderness of this world, he is with us. He wants to be truly present with us. Now there's a time in uh, Ruby's story uh, after living years with this, again, tremendous tension, wanting to sing, wanting to live her life and, and the, the great responsibility that she felt for her family that she actually decided She's not going to go to college. She's going to stay with her family, help the family, help the family business. She's going to forego her dreams, chasing after her passions, her future, so that she can be that mediator for her family. Now, that's love, isn't it? And especially a teenager, sacrificing like that, loving like that. It's, I don't know if I can really imagine what a decision like that uh, would feel like, but God does. God knows exactly what that feels like. Foregoing the beautiful <laughs> paradise of heaven, the perfect existence, the holiness, the splendor, the joy in order to come and be with us, be our mediator. It's so important. The, the uh, two natures of Jesus, being fully divine and fully human, it's not just some textbook theology. That is the source of our salvation. It's the hope of our salvation. It's the proof of our salvation. It is vital that Jesus be truly human, to be wholly human, because only a human could be born and live under God's law and his demands. And of course, only a human, not a God, only a human could die. So to take away our sins, to take the punishment for our sins, Jesus had to be able to actually die. He also had to be truly God. First so that, living under the law, he could perfectly fulfill it. And as God, rise from the dead. Because only God, the one who created life, has the power over death. So it's vital for our salvation that he is that one mediator between God and and mankind. But there's something even, 
I'll say better. <laughs> There's something also that is wonderful for us in our day-to-day lives. Because right now, we're, we're living in this world. I don't worry about that world yet. Right? All my tr- troubles are right here in front of me. They're today. They're tomorrow. And Jesus is that mediator who has experienced. He said, I choose to become human. God said, I will know what it's like to be hungry. I will know what it's like to be cold at night. I will know what it's like to be alone, to be rejected. I'll know the pain of a given love unreturned. Know the grief of loss. I will become one with you because he loves you. I won't give away the the ending of our movie, but it's a good ending, it's a good story. Just as uh, Ruby was this mediator between these two worlds, and I would say, of course, Jesus is the ultimate, he is the mediator between God and mankind. This is the only way to salvation. I will say, though, that for today and for this world, you know what, he's also given us a lot of people that can empathize, that can walk alongside us, that love us. And as a Christian, and certainly as a pastor, I want to be available to you to empathize as much as I can. If not me, Pastor Jeremy is available and loves you very much. Kat Siever is a commissioned minister of religion, trained, experienced, will empathize and love you. Maybe that's the last thing you need to learn. So in sign language, uh, that's I, uh, that's L for love, and that's Y. For you. So this is a sign for I love you. I love you. I love you very much. God bless. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your son who comes to stand in the gap, uh, to bridge that chasm between you, <laughs> holy, almighty God, and us sinful, rebellious, stubborn, hard-headed people. Lord, we thank you for loving us, for coming down to save us. And we pray that we would share that good news with our family and friends, that they are not alone. They're never alone. They're not going through uh, whatever they're going through. It's not something that that you're not aware of and certainly that you don't know about and can empathize with completely. Uh, Help us to come to you. Offer up our prayers to you, knowing that you will always answer our prayers. You always open the door when we knock. And we thank you for being there for us. And thank you for the friends and the family that you gather around us as we journey along this pilgrimage to our heavenly home. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.